This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to another Cravings podcast with Pete Dillon online at joy.org.au forward slash cravings and live Saturdays from 1pm on Joy 94.9 in Melbourne. Exploring all that's finest in food and beverage across Melbourne and Victoria. Sponsored by La Spaghettata. Over 35 years of food, family and fun at 238 Ligon Street, Carlton. Wine and dine with La Spaghettata for an authentic Italian experience. Pasta, wine, seafood, steak and so much more. Dine in and enjoy the authentic sights and sounds of Ligon Street. Or order takeaway now via Deliveroo, Uber Eats or Fedora. Eat, drink, love with La Spaghettata. Call 9663 6102. Visit laspaghettata.com.au or find them on Facebook. Good afternoon, Melbourne. It's five past one. I've come to say goodbye. Conte Parhiro, I think, is the uh, the Latin or the Italian for what I'm here to do. It is the very last cravings for some time. Uh, a new season kicking off in three months. But uh, Tad Lombardo and I are here. We have the incredible Gonchon Chirier to talk hot cross buns, if nothing else. Good afternoon. We are indeed talking cravings. It's six and a half minutes past one. You are on Joy 94.9 on uh, what people are telling me is a reasonably warm Melbourne day. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I have gotten very used to some Queensland weather, Tad Lombardo. You have. Your blood's thinned out, for sure. It's nice that we can play here together today. because This good. is my, my last cravings. I know, it is. It's after eight, in the eight years and 400 and 412 programs. Yep. Mm. It's incredible. It's an yes. incredible ride you've been on. It's a great ride, sure. but... Um, uh, what a way to celebrate the last one. It's Melbourne Food and Wine Melbourne Festival. Food and Wine Festival. Yep. 50 I've, Best as well. 50 up. Best coming yeah. in this week? Next week. Next week. Wednesday. Yeah. Well, the, this, oh, it is this soon. week. Yeah, sorry. Soon. Yeah, sorry. This week coming, <laughs> there will be the world's 50 best. But we have one of the, the, we have one of the world's best right here in our we studio. Do. Uh, his name is Gonshan Cherier. You've met him before. Uh, he's come back to Melbourne to do some lessons on the art of the croissant. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to have you in the studio. Yeah, I'm really happy to be there. Thank you for the invitation. Ah, it's always a pleasure. Can I talk first about the croissant? Because I believe the French stole it from the Turks. Yeah, it's croissant. Mm. In, it's croissant. Is that true? Crispy and chewy. Yeah. Mm. I uh, never realized so that. The, the, the Turkish had a sweet similar to a croissant. Really? 
um, and croissant is French for crescent. Yes. Oh, um, of course. So it wasn't a French thing originally. It was Turkish. <laughs> yeah. And they stole it. Ex- exactly. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> Don't <laughs> tell anybody. Um, so you're, you have your boulangerie. Is, do you call it a boulangerie in, in Collingwood? Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm. Boulangerie in Collingwood. And... Um, it's uh it's running well we are happy and uh we changed a few things and uh, changed some uh, recipes and so on and uh in fact it's um it's a good it's a good good um good come on uh good formula now good. yeah yes good. that's nice because when we we, f- we met you when you first opened i think it was the first or second day and i'm curious how how much has had to change mm. um once you got used to um the quality of Australian flour and eggs and, and, and our produce. How much have you had to change to? You know, it's um, it's um, we we I I I, li- I, I like combine um, local product and the French product to make uh, to to create a bridge between uh, uh, two stories. You know, yeah, and two countries. That's very very important. And I I, I use uh, French butter to make my French croissant and yeah. French flour to make my French croissant. Mm-hmm. But uh, after that, to to make other things, I I use uh, local flour and local butter and so on. And uh, in Melbourne, you can find what you want. You can have you, the good, very good uh, raw material, very good fresh product, uh, vegetables and fruits and so on. And uh, did it yeah. take a long time to tailor the recipes though to to sort of accommodate for the local product because every flower is different and moisture levels and the yeah. water is different. Yeah. Um, at the beginning, um, we had a few problems with the quality of croissant because, in fact, uh, water and so on. And yeah. We took uh, maybe a month to adapt, you know. Right. And after that, no, it's, it's, it's okay, it's good. Pretty easy. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Straightforward. Yeah. I've been down at Masterclass at um, BMWH this yeah. morning and Carlo Krakow, the incredible Carlo yeah. Krakow, mm. was on stage and somebody had the, the common sense to stand up and ask him a question about uh, the quality of the eggs because obviously depending yeah. on what chickens are mm. fed mm. it results in, in a different quality of egg and different strength of proteins in the albumin and, and all of that do eggs play a big part or, or have you thought about um, adapting recipes specifically to deal with our eggs yes in fact for us eggs it's very important for brioche for mm. us, yes. you know, and for uh, custard cream um and we baked and you know it we 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 don't use only eggs and i think it's uh, should be a maybe problem for 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 cooking mm. uh but for for us in uh, for make to make uh, custard cream and to make a brioche uh it's not we we can we can adapt easily you know um but sometimes uh, the the biggest problem it's uh, the color mm. and uh or to make some uh um uh, come on, the meringue, you know. Yeah, yep, yep. But um, can it's you say that word again, meringue? Yeah, it's meringue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say but it that it's way. not, it's not, it's not a big. I'm just big slipping big into my chair. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that accent, the way you say meringue. I don't meringue. like meringue, but I sort of kind of do now. <laughs> um, uh, I sort of want to, Ted. I want to bring you in here because yeah. I know that you deal with um, products that come from Europe to to do what you do. Yeah. Um, do you have to adapt as Gonchon has has done? Do you have to adapt what you do because of different I don't yeah, know well, environments my, and stuff for chocolate? I mean, from my point of view, I'm sort of working on a base level where I'm starting out from nothing mm. um, with a recipe. So I, it, it's probably a bit easier than that. That you know, than having to take an existing recipe and try to tweak it with the local 
mm-hmm. um, ingredients. So from from my point of view, it's probably a bit easier to do that because I'm starting from nothing and, mm-hmm. and I can tweak it as it goes. So I'm, I'm not trying to um, create or match something that's um, already been done, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. So it's a bit more um, investigative, I guess, if that's mm-hmm. the right word. But um, but no, but things do, you know, you, you do, you do want to try to recreate things if you can then and have them as as authentic. they are and authentic yeah definitely mm-hmm. yeah for sure um you've been doing uh sweet alley down as part of the river grace for melbourne food and wine festival you're only here for a couple of days yeah yes yeah. when do you go back to paris <laughs> on monday morning that's jet setting <laughs> yes. at its best <laughs> just arrived um, uh, and i should go back to, but uh, okay but it's uh, it's always uh ha- I'm always happy to 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 come in Melbourne mm. because it's always a do you fever. Do you fly <laughs> <Yeah>. business class? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. <laughs> good. <laughs> I, I can't imagine doing it, coach. No. I just can't. <laughs> Not for that short trip. We're going to talk much more to Gonshancheria, uh, particularly about um, everybody's favourite thing at this time of the year: hot cross buns, yep. and what he's doing uh, with the hot cross bun at. Uh, at the Boulangerie in Collingwood. He's tomorrow going to be doing um, some bread demonstrations mm-hmm. in store. We'll talk to you about those in a little bit as well. But Ted Lombardo, it is 13 minutes past one. You are on Cravings here on Joy 94.9. Bonjour, I am Gabriel Gatte. You are listening to Cravings with Peter Dillon on Australia's only gay and lesbian radio station, Joy 94.9. It is a quarter past one and... We love Gabriel. We we love Gonchancheria. He's here in the studio. <laughs> um, we might have to get him to record one of those, Ted. I think. Yeah. Without my name in it. Oh, well. But we'll come to that. <laughs> we'll come to that a bit later. Um, tomorrow in the store, you're doing a a bit of a masterclass, Gonchon, on on bread. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, what What are you going to teach people? You said earlier you use French flour. Yeah. In in some of your product. What's What's the difference between French flour and our flour? Uh, you know, it's <coughs> it's quite like it's quite like uh, it, it j- directly come from us, and uh, it's quite like a wine. We 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 have um, we have a uh, we recipe, we recipes we sipes adapted at our flour, and to make a traditional baguette, you know, it, we we need to have specific um, uh, co- 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 uh, compo- uh, components, co- yep. yeah, 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 you know, yeah. yep. and um, we adapt uh, te- our techniques. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, uh, with a fr- with my French flour, because uh, it's like uh, all chef uh, likes, loves, uh, use a specific things, and it's you adapt the the material at your technique, mm-hmm. and um, it's. Um, it's it's uh, the taste and the color and uh, uh, reaction uh, yeah. uh, when you bake and when you shape and when you cook, and uh, that, that that is very important. You can make all type of, in fact, all type of bread with all type of flour, but mm. you need to know exactly what you make and what you need to know exactly so what you. Where, the, where does the difference come in? Is it in the the structure? Is it yeah. in the time it takes to prove, or is it in the taste? Uh, it's taste, a uh, lot of taste, and okay. for sure. After that, when you know when you know how to make, mm. you need yes maybe sometimes you need time, mm. <laughs> but you can adapt. And and what about the texture of it? I mean, is that fr- that's coming from the flour as well, isn't it? And the proteins and mm. and the number of proofs that particular bread has had. Yeah, you 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 adapt the the you adapt uh, your goal. Uh, you know, yeah. and uh, because it's uh, if you have a st- really strong flour. Uh, you can 
give a rest for a long time. Right. If you want to have a baguette, uh, you you can s uh, mix really slowly, yeah. and you know it. You have many many solutions to to adapt, but a taste uh, that's very ultimate. important. Yes, yeah. that that is very important. Yeah. Do the French eat hot cross buns? Yes. Uh, it's not really popular in France. Mm. It's, uh, it's, uh, we start seeing uh, them on the shelf on yeah. the 27th of December here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Is it really? <laughs> um, Sadly, uh, yeah. It, it yeah. seems yeah. every year it gets the moment that Christmas Day is gone, yeah. uh, there is hot cross buns on the shelf. <laughs> we have an obsession with them. Yeah. Um, most of them are made very, very badly. <laughs> But I believe yours are spectacular. It's uh, at cross bun. I I, I like it. Uh, in France, we mm. don't we it, it's not a it's not a habit for us to eat it. And uh, right. in fact, in French bakery in France, you 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 can't find it. Right? No, no. You, okay. you, you, you we don't have. But we make some uh, chocolate a lot yep. uh, to replace that. And uh, we make some brioche, but a normal one or a traditional one in uh, in the north east in yep. France. It's uh, lamb. Brioche. Oh, okay. Yeah, we make Lamb. some brioche, special recipes, mm. yeah. special recipe, and uh, we shape it like in a mold, yeah. in the form lamb. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's the tra traditional one. Right. Right. And it, I heard this the other day, um, <laughs> a little bit of trivia here. <laughs> I love um, trivia. Yeah, well, and I don't know if it's true or not, so I'd like to hear your in input. Um, a good hot cross bun, how do you tell if it's a good bun or not? I, I was told that, yeah, count the number of raisins in it and if no yeah. <laughs> when you told. open the hot cross bun and you put a stack of butter on yeah. it most of the butter mm. will melt into the dough yeah but there is some remaining because the 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 dough itself or the, the the bread is dense enough to hold only a certain amount of butter and the rest is there purely for okay. taste mm. and, uh, i'll go you, with that you you, you prefer heat or cold or Mm. Are warm, definitely warm. 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 I think so. Yeah, if they, I think yeah. they can't. They give me a bit of a bit of heart. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I think they have to be warm. I'm, I'm not yeah. a fan of the hot cross bun, but I I, I like this idea of brioche um, yeah. because I think that's that's much more up my alley than than a hot cross bun. Mm, and we we see sometimes uh, chocolate hot cross bun or something. And, mm. Hey, I do them. Right, people are now. Hey. You make <laughs> you make chocolate ones. Yeah, yeah, where they're actual chocolate, mm. not mm. Bread. chocolate and raisin. Mm. Yeah. Right. Proper hot yeah. cross bun, but yeah. proper hot cross bun. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a fan. I've never been a fan of the hot cross bun. I find well, you don't like. Chocolate. I don't like sweet stuff either. I know. Mm. And I've seen people put all manner of. I saw the other day a white chocolate and raspberry hot cross bun, and I just okay, that's gross. I, I walked up to yeah. the person who cooked them and I slapped them and said, <laughs> "Get a grip," because it's ridiculous. Yeah, that is. It should have fruit. It should have that beautiful little. Um, Cross, cross, cross on the top that, the that, is, that is crunchy, <laughs> mm. yep. not soft and sloppy, no. and they should be dense, like a, a nice thick mm. dense dough. Mm. Mm. We mm. should get back to um, not my <laughs> thing about hot cross buns <laughs> and continue to talking to Gonfle Sherrier. He is here for the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Yesterday, if you missed out on him doing, sorry, this morning, um, his signature croissants, but you can call, call by the store and still get some croissant yeah. today. Yeah. And then tomorrow you can go and watch him make bread. Um, It says here you can whip up his world-renowned bread. Uh, and, of course, you can take bread home. The shop is at 140 Smith Street, Collingwood. Um, it is part of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. You're also at Sweet Alley um, as part of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, River Greys. Yeah. Is that, is, if I'm heading out north, uh, sorry, south, going straight up Swanston Street, it's on the left, sort of once you get to taxi and transport there, the big hotel, Yeah. just down to the left, that is the, the walk where all of the... Um, 
the sweet alleys, correct? Yeah. I saw it all this morning and I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, look, there's bread and there's bread and there's champagne. I'm going back. Um, <laughs> that sounds good. Yes. But we <laughs> are, up, huh? Yeah, that's right. We are in the middle of the 25th Melbourne Food and Wine Festival and it is taking Melbourne by storm. We're going to share very shortly. Uh, we'll introduce you to somebody from Melbourne Water. They are one of the sponsors of the River Grays, which is happening this weekend, uh, both today and tomorrow. You can get down along the river in the heart of Melbourne and take part in the Food and Wine Festival. It won't cost you much, but you can just wander and taste and enjoy. Yeah. It's a nice way to spend a Saturday afternoon. It's perfect, especially if you've got one to spend. Mm, not on a flight. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Gondron Sherry will be in his store tomorrow. Uh, he will be whipping up some dough. You can go in and buy some bread. What else can people buy? You're still doing – tell us about some of the other product range you have in the store that people can buy. Mm, Let us tantalize them. In Goodingwood. Yeah. Uh, many things uh, <laughs> but in fact right. uh, you can buy uh, many things <laughs> <laughs> no come on come on and, uh, come on tomorrow come on tomorrow I will show you how to make a, uh, a, a French bread yeah. French because you know the technique is again is very important mm. and I will show how to how to shape and so and you can you can find uh, my favorite one uh, and it's quite like a signature it's uh, Ryan miso bread Ryan miso bread is really nice miso yeah miso really? uh, yes. and rye yeah Mm. I love rye bread. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. do I. Really I like nice. the taste. It's mm. it tastes like food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like it's bizarre. Yeah, mm. it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um so that's all happening tomorrow in the store. Uh, if people go down to Sweet Alley this afternoon, they'll listen you know, they could get in their car now and be there by two o'clock. What are they gonna find down there that you have I mean, at Sweet yeah. Alley? Yes, I will I will prepare I will prepare strawberry and cu- cucumber tart. Oh. Strawberry and cucumber tart. Yes, so wow. amazing. Oh, tell mm. me about it. How, what's what are the components? Mm. It's um, rye sugar dough, and um, it's uh, Philadelphia and almond cream uh, cheese. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, on top, it's uh, strawberry uh, uh, d- uh, confiture. Yeah. Uh, ham, uh, jam, yeah. uh, and um, and on top, uh, strawberry and. Uh, 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 a really thin, thin, thin slice of cucumber, really, and uh, fresh, ba- fresh basil. Okay, yeah, is that a, a delicacy? Fresh in France? basilic. Uh, mm? Is that something that's quite popular in France? Uh, uh, it's my, it's, it's, it's my way of uh, strawberry tart. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like, I, li- I love that because you have quite acidity with the cheese. Yeah. And um, and the, the cheese is a goat. It is cheese. It's, it's it's Philadelphia cheese. Oh, okay. Yeah, Philadelphia. Yep. Yep. I, I combine Philadelphia and a pinch of uh, ripped, uh, not ripped, but uh, cream. Right. Okay. And a pinch of sugar. Yep. You know, quite like uh, petit Swiss when uh, right. you know. Yeah. And um, just to remind uh, when you're a child and uh, yeah. So <laughs> and um, I I keep the skin of cucumber because yep. to just to to keep the freshness and to keep the quite green flavor you right. know cl- like yeah. chlorophyll yes and with and pairing with uh, basilic and uh, and strawberries. Right. Sounds Perfect. amazing. Yeah, yeah, really good. That's great. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just sitting over here wiping <laughs> all of this saliva off my face. Gontron, I know you have to run off and do your thing, so thank you for joining us again on Cravings. It's so nice that you fly in from Paris just to be, be with us on my very last show. Um, <laughs> enjoy the rest of the Food and Wine Festival and thank safe you. travels. Mm. Bon thank voyage. You. Merci. Thanks for coming in. Salut. That is Gontron Cherrier. He's, uh, like I said, you can get down to the shop tomorrow um, and watch him make bread. It's Trust me, it's going to be well worth your time. Uh, you can go and... Um, buy some of his product or they are down at Sweet Alley today so it's two um, 
if you're heading south uh, along Swanston Street, across the road from Flinders Street Station, um, head down along the river as if you're going to walk down to the MCG and you'll find Sweet Ellie down there. There are lots of sweet and delicious things for you to have today as part of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival, the 25th Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. It's well underway and it's causing me a little bit of um, lack of sleep and hangover already. <laughs> You're on Cravings here on Joy 94.9. Cravings will be back shortly, so don't go too far. But if you do miss anything, you'll hear it on the Cravings podcast at joy.org.au forward slash cravings via iTunes or your favourite podcast site. Sponsored by La Spaghettata. Over 35 years of food, family and fun at 238 Ligon Street, Carlton. Wine and dine with La Spaghettata for an authentic Italian experience. Pasta, wine, seafood, steak and so much more. Eat, drink, love with La Spaghettata. Call 9663 6102. Visit lasbagatata.com.au or find them on Facebook. All day, every day. Joy 94.9 on air and online at joy.org.au. You are indeed on air online. You can enjoy our podcast, uh, which is up, I think, from about Monday. That's right. We'll have a podcast up ready for you to enjoy. We are in the thick of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival um, opening weekend. Uh, It's been a great couple of days already, and we are delighted to welcome uh, Colin. Colin is here from uh, Melbourne Water. Uh, They are the sponsors of the River Greys, and right in the middle of the Yarra River, you may have noticed, is one huge bloody bowl of fruit. Incredible. Um, fascinating to uh, to see it floating in the River Collins here to tell us about it. Welcome, sir. Thank you very much, Pete. Uh, terrific to be here. Yes, I think if you go down to the Yarra, you'll see what is the world's largest bowl of fruit. It's the largest. The the pontoons. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, have you, have you is had it, a look? I haven't been down there yet. I've seen photos, though. It's pretty impressive. <laughs> it's super I am going impressive. to look. Yeah. I want to know how you got, how you got it past the... Uh, the right um, department heads at Parks and Wildlife. <laughs> a lot of different department heads involved, mm, I think, around, uh, yes. around the Yarra River. But, yes, it's there, and uh, you're very excited. It was there for the first time last night. Yes, I, um, I did see it as I stumbled out of a hotel somewhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about why Melbourne Water is involved with something like Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. It's sort of, there is an obvious correlation, but there's also something that's sort of a slight discord, I think, that... Um, I suppose without water, we don't have a, a food culture at all. So I guess that's the, the obvious part. Why, why be involved with something like the Food and Wine Festival? I think, um, uh, with, and you make the point, which is without water, there's so many things that we don't have and we can't enjoy, um, is we're always looking for different ways and ideas for engaging with, mm-hmm. the, uh, with the community to remind them of just how precious water is as a resource. Uh, and I think probably we're all uh, immediately aware that we have beautiful, fresh, clean water coming yep. out of our taps. We do. I see people drinking yeah. bottled water in Melbourne and I want to slap them. Yeah, everywhere. Mm. But, uh, but I think uh, you don't naturally come to mind that uh, water, of course, is in all of the fantastic produce that we grow. It's behind the great food and wine yep. uh, culture that we have here in Melbourne. Um, it's behind so many other things as well is around Melbourne, the great livability that we enjoy with our great Yarra River. Uh, and all the people that enjoy walking on it, biking on it, uh, paddling down it, whatever they do. Um, and then, of course, uh, the great amenity that we join our parks. Uh, water is there sustaining all of that. Yeah. And, uh, well, if we don't have it, we don't exist. It, that, exactly that's the that. obvious bit. Yeah. It's sort of, I, I, I just wanted to read off some stats because it's fairly important. When you think about um, what's produced in Victoria... Um, so Melbourne's Fringe, there's the farming on Melbourne's Fringe produces between 40 and 50% of our vegetables and creates 6,000 jobs. 
Um, 85% of our cauliflower and 40% of our broccoli comes from Werribee, which is a suburb just up the road. Yep. Um, 78% of our strawberries come from the Yarra Valley. Um, not to mention, uh, you know, the amount of wine that is produced around <laughs> within a radius of this city. Forget all of that vegetable stuff because I it's thought not my you get to the wine. Yeah. Not to yeah, mention more. It didn't take me very long <laughs> <laughs> at all. Um, so uh, you know, it, it sort of I, I can see the sense. I just um, I don't know where I was going with my question about it's sort of like an electricity company or a gas company sponsoring the festival as well. Without those things, we can't function. Well, and I didn't know until we got involved in this. I didn't know that, for instance, I think it's 90% of Australia's asparagus is grown out of Casey Cardinia. Which is just incredible. Which is just up the road. It's Um, amazing statistic. So absolutely incredible. And I sat next to a guy at the the longest lunch yesterday, Ammo Mason, who farms out near Werribee, Mm. you know, producing fennel and lettuces and all sorts. And it's got a thriving business out there, employs a number of people. Uh, just fantastic to see that that secure source of water uh, and healthy, clean water uh, is actually doing for our livability and, and the lifestyles that we love here in Melbourne. Indeed. Yeah, and it's also, too, I guess, trying to draw attention to the sustainability conservation yes. you know yeah. and and the fact that without water we've got we have nothing we don't have and, life I and mean, very much that yeah. it, it's uh, it, you know it's not just about drawing to people's attention the value of water and all the great livability uh, that melbournians enjoy it is um uh, treating that resource and finite resource wisely mm. uh, and treating it as a precious resource not wasting it yeah. uh, and we have initiatives like uh, t155 so if the target is for every individual to use no more than 155 liters a day we're a little bit over that at the moment around mm. about 166 yeah. liters so it's i can just tell you how to make people learn these things yeah. make them go and live somewhere where water comes from tanks yes. and they have to manage that resource yeah. which is very very finite if you're yeah. on a, a property and you've only got water tanks two minute showers yeah um you need to be very very mindful about how you use water i've come to learn that yes well but i think too you know a few more I forget how many years back now it's been, but we were on really, really strict water restrictions. And, yeah. and you know, I, I mean, you were putting buckets in the shower to water the garden and, yes. and literally two-minute showers. You had a timer, and that, that, that was something that had to be done. Mm. Um, it's funny how quick you forget. No, but I, I, there's so many people I know that still have a timer in their shower. Yeah. And that still have some sort of overflow system in their shower to yep. use the water for the garden. I think we became through that period far more Very conscious about so. how we use water. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know, again, I think we've done incredibly well. Uh, I think we've reduced uh, on a household basis or a per person basis about twenty two percent water uh, use over the last ten or so years. But it's just beginning to creep up again. You know, we very quickly, I think, forget yeah. the millennium drought yeah. and uh, just how close. I think our major storages were down as low as twenty five percent at the end of the millennium drought uh, it was pretty the, dire the largest storage which is the thompson dam which is about 60 percent of all mm. our stories that was down as low as 16 yeah. percent so you're pretty much down it's to the, bit, the muddy bits at the bottom yeah, yeah that's a yabby yeah. country but yeah. it's interesting though because i think i think in australia because we are a very dry continent to start with we have to view things differently and when you go to other parts of the world like when i visit my family back in the states i mean the concept of collecting rainwater from the roof and keeping a tank for your garden or your laundry or, is, your, swimming or, your, pool. or your swimming pool is is just not done there or the dual flush toilets i mean everyone you know quite knows the fact that there's an australian sort of invention mm. um out of necessity um so i do think 
we as a whole or a community do do well, but you can always do better, I guess. And um, we do cr- incredibly well. Yeah. And there's a little mm. bit of an outsider. I've been in Australia now for about 14 years, but I came from the UK, yeah. as you can no doubt tell. All of you interlopers, good yes. hands, I'm surrounded by them. <laughs> Surrounded but, by them. But we don't have that culture in the UK. Is you know, yeah. a, a water tank in your garden and uh, reusing grey water from your domestic use. Yeah. Stuff. That's a completely foreign concept, largely. Although I think probably creeping in even over there now is... Mm. Uh, What's been interesting is, is the plural proliferation it's not a very good easy word for me to say proliferation the proliferation <laughs> that certainly of, not after a night out at the food and wine festival of water tanks um just <laughs> popping up in suburban yards everywhere yes. just seeing the amount of people that have yeah. a water tank that, that do use it for their garden yes. or their pool or whatever it might be um it's quite growing up we had big tin water tanks in the country mm-hmm. um and it's it's sort of unheard of to, to see them in the city, but now they seem to be everywhere. Everyone's got a water tank in the garden. This at the front of the, the major hardware chains, um, where there used to be wheelbarrows. Yeah. That's right. Their water tanks. And it, probably yeah. it was a, it was the uh, the harsh restrictions that were brought in during the uh, the Millennium Drought mm, yeah. you know, that drive those kind of that kind of education and that awareness. And people go out and they invest in uh, more efficient shower heads, in shower, um, yeah. you know, in the hose trigger hoses, yep. etc. That sort of thing. Uh, and when things are uh, not as as uh, dire as they as they became at the end of the drought, you know, I think it just slips a little bit from your consciousness. So yeah. the idea is, uh, and the idea of the largest fruit bowl uh, is just to remind you've people. Ju- you've just you've preempted my question. I was going to say, <laughs> what is what then is the significance of the fruit bowl? People can go and grab a selfie and grab some seeds and that sort of thing at the at the site. What is the significance of a floating bowl of fruit to remind us of water? So you, uh, uh, each item of fruit down on the fruit bowl has got a little sticker stuck mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. Uh, 92% Melbourne water, 75% whatever, whatever it actually is. So I think just to remind people that behind all the great produce, the stuff that we grow, the, you know, the beautiful food culture that we enjoy, sits water, which is yep. fantastic. Um, and we would go even further than that and just remind people, you know, that the great amenity that we enjoy down the Yarra, um, in our parks, our green spaces. Mm. Uh, and, and in fact, you know, Australia's fastest growing economy is underpinned yeah. by a secure, um, water supply, fresh, yeah. Yeah, fresh source of water. The desal plant that we built some years ago from Gippsland, does that come into play ever at all or it, it, it does and and uh it's been in the news a little bit recently because we've got the first right, water yep. order actually coming and and uh, being delivered into cardinia and i think some misconceptions around the desal plant is uh back at the start of the millennium drought we were well, our storages were 98 percent full mm. and yep. by the end of the drought they got down to around 25 yep. as i mentioned uh, so we very nearly ran out of water now, the desal plant can produce anything up to, I think it's 150 gigalitres of water a year, which is about one-third of what Melbourne needs right. in, a, in a 12-month period. So we can't wait to turn that desal plant on at the last minute. Once right. there's a crisis, it's too late. So the main thing is, and what we're doing now, is just topping up our storages, keeping them at a, a, a decent level so that we try and uh, operate the system to have a, a buffer uh, of around uh, uh, 10 years for a 10-year drought yeah. or for the next 10-year drought. And it's also trying to, I guess, accommodate for Melbourne's booming population, which just seems to be growing and growing and growing. Australia's fastest-growing city. Yeah, yes. exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and trying to incorporate that into the into the mix of, of calculation and, and, you know, making sure that there's enough water to go around. And, Tad, not forgetting, of course, that 
climate change. Yeah, so I think climate true. change yeah. is, you know, traditionally I think people the think... The elephant in the room. The elephant yeah. in the room is, yeah. is people think, well, over the long term, less rain. But actually climate change is also greater extremes of drought and flooding as well. well. Yes, and, sorry, I, I live uh, in Queensland. And oh, well, let yes. me tell you the... Uh, the amount of water we've seen over the last week is is, is extraordinary, and yes. we we had rain for ten days before we caught the tail end of that cyclone. Um, everything was already sodden. My swimming pool was overflowing as it was well before that all happened. Yep. Once that happened, we've just got there's nowhere for the water to go. Yes, um, because it has been wet for a short period of time. So our wet season, which would normally happen from October through to say February, all came at once yeah. in 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 March. So, you know, yeah. one end of that sort mm. of the, those variables, we work very hard to make sure that we've got great drainage and mm. great retarding basins to yeah. cope with um, flood water, etc. But at the other end is we need to be prepared for the next pro- pro- prolonged and protracted drought. Sure. And that's making sure that our storages are up full enough so that uh, we've got that buffer. Keep topping them up with yeah. the desal plant as and when we need to, when the, when the rains aren't there to do it. Uh, and then obviously planning for over the longer term, there will be less and less rain. We know yeah. that. Mm. And by, t- I think it's 2050, is Melbourne's population is forecast to be 10 million, double. Yeah. You know, that's I'll a be, huge I'll pressure. I'll be dead by then. Yeah. <laughs> I'll definitely, well, that way, I'll be gone I'll by be, then. I'll be well I don't know about you, but I'll be gone. <laughs> and you won't need to, you won't need water to, uh, for the lawn where I'm going to be. Um, <laughs> there's no water where I'm going. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interested to sort of take, you mentioned something about 150 gigalitres. How much is one gigalitre? How many? Uh, so a billion litres. A billion litres. So yeah. 150 billion litres. You're challenging my maths. <laughs> no, no, it's going to challenge mine because to my mind, 150 billion litres would be about um, 90, filling up the MCG as it is 90 times. And that's what we use in one year. So we use 200, uh, sorry, 432 gigalitres going up around about wow. 2 to 3% a year. That's around 270 MCGs. And, and, and you may not know at the other end of that is we treat about 300 billion litres of sewage right. every year as well. So that's, I think, the equivalent of about 120,000 thousand olympic pools and note i didn't fill the mcg full of sewage yeah no please don't (laughs) i don't know emma's going to be entirely thrilled about uh, their pools full of crap either but (laughs) i think it's it's a very interesting way or a very sensible way to look at uh, try and get your head around those numbers because it is an extraordinarily large number yes so trying to understand that number and and what it physically means in real terms so Using the MCG in an Olympic swimming pool is a, a very good way to do it. Some idea. Yeah. And giant fruit. And fruit yes, bowls. well, That's this right. is the well, thing. Too. Mm, yeah. So you can find the giant fruit bowl. It is floating on the Yarra. Uh, if you're heading down to River Grace today or tomorrow, it's uh, it will be there for the duration of the festival. Oh, no, it's going to be there until Monday. So oh, it's only there until Monday. Oh, chance okay. to see it, yes. And then what are you doing with the fruit bowl? Well, yeah. then we've got all sorts of ideas, which <laughs> we're going to keep secret. But it's, uh, I'm no, told that. You don't that keep secret? No, no, you I'm break news on this program. Forget the ABC. You may see it down. Down at Treatment 17. So we have another event coming up at the end of April, 22nd of April, 29th of April, which is international artists, local artists. They're uh, uh, creating great artworks down at our Western Treatment Plant down at right. Westby. Those are on display oh, okay. um, for those two weekends. You may see 
the giant fruit and vegetable bowl down at, in Werribee. At Werribee as well. So you can cool. then just trot it around the state for for events where we, we need to highlight all over preservation yes. of water. We have another That's fantastic great. event that we ran. I think it was in early February, which is inflatable regatta. Right. Where you saw 2,000 people floating down the Yarra on ah, yes. a beautiful Sunday mm. afternoon. So we're thinking that a giant fruit bowl amongst those 2,000 people next year might be a, another good, way another to go. good yeah. use. Mm. But just gentle reminders constantly to the community is, first of all, remember just what a precious resource water is uh, and just to use it wisely Respect and it. conserve it. Well, Colin, we are delighted that you're here, uh, delighted that you've been able to um, work with Melbourne Food and Wine on putting this together. I think it's a, a, a marvellous thing and a, a really strong reminder with something so visual and it's so important to us that um, we need to say thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming in. Thank you, Ted. Thank you, Pete. You are here on Cravings on Joy 94.9. It is 17 minutes to two. There remains 17 minutes of my relationship with this program. <laughs> we'll talk more about that very shortly. Joy 94.9 is on air 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But sometimes you can't always be with us when you want to. Here's the solution. Here's the solution. Listen to your favourite Joy 94.9 show anytime with our Joy podcast service. Our team of over 30 volunteers pick out the best bits from around 60 programs that Joy airs each week. Made available to you for free download. To find a podcast of your favourite Joy show, search for us in the Featured Providers section within the iTunes store. Or find them on the Joy website, joy.org.au. Joy Podcasts. Any show, any any show, anytime, joy.org.au. Because Melbourne Water are one of the um, contributing partners of uh, the... River Grays, which is happening today, down on the river today and tomorrow. You can get down there and be a part of the Melbourne Food and Wine Festival. Um, it is an incredible place to be. And uh, well, now comes the time, Tad, where I've got to think about saying goodbye. I know. No, until next time. Until next time. Well, I'm not. I, there won't be a next time. This is this is as of uh, the next. So this this show is finishing um, as it is. It is today. Yeah. Yep. Um, it will have a three month rest. And then Tad Lombardo will be back to elevate it to great big new heights. <laughs> oh, I've got some big shoes to fill. Yes. So I just I was having a look because the world's 50 best is in Melbourne yes. um, on Wednesday. It's, yep. it's announced. And I was going through and I've opened it up because I wanted to be reminded of this little red engine that could. When we first put this program together, it was going to be for one grid yep. um, to see how Melbourne would respond to a food and wine program. Yep. And it's, um, it has gone exceptionally well. Uh, so much so that of the world's top 50, I'm just trying to work out how um, how many um, of the of the world's top 50. So the number current number one is Osteria Francescana. Yep. Uh, in Modena, in Italy, Massimo Bottura has been three times in this studio. Yeah. So we've met him. Um, El Cello de Canroca, I've missed. Um, so that's that's one that I didn't get to. Uh, okay. That's number two. Yep. Number three is um, Eleven Madison Park, and we did meet yep. the chef from Eleven Madison Park. Uh, number four is Central in Peru, and it's not yep. so long ago we spoke to Virgilio right. Martinez. Number five is Noma in Copenhagen. Yep. Renee okay. Redzepi twice. Yep. We've met Renee. I have not met uh, number six, um, which is uh, Mirazur in France. We didn't get that opportunity. Mulgaritz um, in San Sebastian. Yep. Been there, done that, ticked that one off. Uh, Narisawa in Japan, we've been there and ticked that one off. Uh, Stirrek in Vienna, have not. And uh, nor have I done Asador Estebar in Spain, which is number 10. But then I I started looking through the the rest of the top 50. 
And I'm like, mm, tick, 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 tick. Yeah. So number 11 is Dom in Sao Paulo yes. in Brazil. We've met Alex, Alex Satala a number of times. Um, uh, number 14 is the Ledbury in London. Yeah. And we've met Brett Graham a number of times. Um, I did catch up very briefly um, yesterday with uh, Grant Archats from Alania yeah. in Chicago. Uh, we won't get a chance to play that now, but um, we certainly um, have caught up with him as well. Um so just looking through the the top fifty, been it's been a great privilege to meet so many of the the chefs, and I want to talk yeah. particularly about two um, restaurants that will be in the top fifty um, in Australia. So yeah. two Australian restaurants mm-hmm. in the top fifty, one of which is Attica. Mm-hmm. Um, ben Shuri on any occasion has always made himself available yes. to talk to me. It didn't matter what he was doing, he's always been there to say yes, I can talk to you if it's by phone from wherever he is. Yep. And Dan Hunter from Bray yeah. um, has also been very generous with his time. Um, and then I was thinking back to who are all the people that have, have helped out on yeah. the show. So when we first started, there was uh, many people may remember Lonnie. Lonnie was my panelist. Yeah. Um, and he was with me for some time. And so he needs to be um, recognized. Yeah. Uh, Hillary McNevin has sat in this chair many times yeah. and, and filled in for me while I've been elsewhere. Uh, she's always been my anchor when I've done Melbourne Food and Wine yeah. Festival um Masterclasses. So I was always sort of calling in from from where I was. So um, Hillary needs to be acknowledged as well. And then there are people like Dan Sims and Matt Preston, um, in particular, who've always again been available to yeah. to help out to talk about wine and, and what have you. There's been so many guests over this period of time. It's just been yeah, it's been huge. extraordinary. So I sat down and when I was on the plane on the way down, I did some maths. We've had um, there's been a total of 424 shows. Yeah. Uh, I think I've missed a dozen of them. Really? Yeah, maybe one or two more. Yeah. But I could sort of only kind of work out a dozen whether the, the shows were pre-recorded or right. or not. Um, so that that that's a lot of Saturdays that I've more than in. just Saturdays though. I'm talking about production oh, it's time, the production, and, and, and the, all the stuff yeah. in the week and chasing people about. So that's yeah. all. Um, that's all been interesting. <laughs> um, and then I've thought about if we work that out with guests, usually two. Yeah. So there's been about 850 guests on yeah. the program. Sometimes there's three, sometimes there's yeah. one, but about 850 guests across the eight years. Yeah, it's pretty mammoth. Yeah, so that's a hundred, like just over 100 guests yeah. a year. Yep. Um, some of them are the best in the world. Yeah, which is incredible. And not just uh, um, food people, but, but winemakers yeah. and all of the incredible producers that we've met over the period of time. So it's a, it's been a, there's a heck of a lot of statistics associated yeah, with this program. Absolutely. So, um, we've just received a message from Donna Frock. Donna has been somebody who's listened to this program, I reckon, for all 400 and whatever episodes <laughs> it is. So um, thank you, Donna. She says, our Saturdays won't be the same. And there's another one from Sibylla Deluxe who also says, thank you for the show. So um, we haven't heard from your mum today. No, well, the maybe she's ditched me. No, she hasn't ditched you. She, um, <laughs> it's it's the time change now. Oh, Daylight of savings has changed, and yeah, it can it, it actually the show's a lot later mm. over there. Oh, okay. Oh no, daylight savings still happening here, or is it stopped over there? It stopped over there, and then oh, tonight okay. it stops here. Right. Yeah. So then we oh, um, we gain an hour of sleep tonight, so that's a good thing. You do. Oh, I no, you don't. You just well, I, well. <laughs> well, I sort of get it's weird. I sort of get an extra hour going over the border. Because my flight right. is a two-hour flight, but it, it, I departed five, land at six. So I sort of kind of get that hour back when I go over the border. But you haven't been here long enough to acclimate to the time, so... Ah, uh, look, I, 
I'm just again. I'm looking through all these restaurants. Um, Relay with Kristen Pulisi. We've yep. spoken to Christian. Um, Nam David Thompson, who yeah, is that's right. doing a uh, doing a masterclass. He's done his masterclass this morning. Yep. Um, he's at number thirty-seven. Ben's at number thirty-six at Attica. Um, sorry, at 32. number thirty-two, three. A three. Sorry. Um, yeah. uh, Restaurant Andre. So Andre Chang at number thirty-two. Yep. There's um, Astrid Gaston is in there as well in Peru. So there's just so many of these incredible restaurants that um, Fabican, that number 41, yeah, but, Magnus Nielsen. But isn't it incredible, too, how the industry has changed in the last eight years as oh, well? Extraordinarily like, so. Like in Melbourne mm. is now, you know, as of Wednesday, the focal point of the food world, you know, because of the it's awards right that are going to be mm. here, is going to be here, which is pretty amazing. And I'm very upset that I'm not going to be here. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what, what how it is. Yeah, no, don't worry. Be. I'll be I'll be doing what I do every year with the World Star Fifty. I'll actually watch it online as they yeah. do the announcements because I can. So I, I won't have to be up in the middle of the night. No, which that's is right. A nice which is change. a nice luxury, definitely. Um, and I also need to to say thank you to all of the. Um, the PR agencies and, and publicists and friends who've, who've always worked with the program and helped me um, gather guests when they've yeah. been here from around the world. And people like Fiona Brook, who, yes. who got uh, Gontron in for us this morning, um, Kathy Lane and, at, at Fireworks, and, and all of the wonderful um, PRs around town who've been able to assist in, in finding guests when they're looking after yeah. them. So um, they all deserve some acknowledgement as well. It is four minutes to two. There remain four minutes. We'll uh, take a quick break and we shall return momentarily to um, say our farewells for the next three months. You're on Cravings here on Joy 94.9. Hi, I'm Heston Blumenthal. You're with Pete Dillon on Cravings on Joy 94.9. That always sounded like it was in a water tank. (laughs) It does sound that way. (laughs) Uh, The Escape Pod and Cravings are sort of combining for a new show for an hour each Saturday. What's it going to look like? Uh, It's going to be called The Escape Hour. And yes. it's going to be a half hour of food and a half hour of travel, and mm. we'll, we're going to try to link up the two um, yes. to with the same country. Yep, and um, and we'll be we will, you know doing that from one to two. Uh, sorry, two to three. Two sorry. to three, starting um, next Saturday. Saturday. Starting next Saturday, the eighth um, of April, Very and um, and while. Cravings is resting. That's what we'll do. And uh, keep our feet in the water. Cravings is having a lie on a couch somewhere <laughs> in the sun. Um, so Cravings will be back on the next grid, I think, in um, July, August. August. I think it's the 11th um, of August. And it will be in your very capable hands. I oh, might pop in on occasion just to annoy you. Yeah, I think you I'm should. Mm. Promise. I be, well, I won't be down on Saturdays very often, but if I'm here on a Saturday, I'll come in and yeah. stir the pot just to... Absolutely. Uh, to keep like it going. all times. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> Russ is with you on the escape pod between, oh, sorry, between two and three in about 15 seconds. So we'll hand over to him. But um, until then, it's goodbye from him and it's goodbye from me. This has been Cravings with me, Pete Dillon, and with Tad Lombardo uh, joining you uh, for the last time for a while. So we'll see you when we're back on the roost. But now it's the escape pod with Russ. Thanks for listening to another Cravings podcast with Pete Dillon online at joy.org.au forward slash cravings and live Saturdays from 1pm on Joy 94.9 in Melbourne. Exploring all that's finest in food and beverage across Melbourne and Victoria. Sponsored by La Spaghettata. Over 35 years of food, family and fun at 238 Ligon Street, Carlton. Wine and dine with La Spaghettata for an authentic Italian experience. Pasta, wine, seafood, steak and so much more. Dine in and enjoy the authentic sights and sounds of Ligon Street. Or order takeaway now via Deliveroo, Uber Eats or Fedora. Eat, drink, love with La Spaghettata. Call 9663 6102. Visit laspaghettata.com.au or find them on Facebook.
Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.